there's all kind of miracles that God uh, performed to get Jesus on the scene. Uh, they're, they're the, the prophecy of the one in the wilderness that would come before Jesus crying, make way, make way, make way, make way, make the path straight, get, it, get your heart right. Uh, you know, Old Testament prophecy were fulfilled here. And, and, and Matthew teaches us this. He teaches us uh, of, of who John the Baptist was and, and, and he goes into detail talking about the, the message. You know, last week, uh, I, I wrote a question down on my Bible or in, on my notes here. And, it, and the question was, who was John the Baptist? And I think last week went in pretty good depth, detail about who the John the Baptist was, that, that he was the one that was called to be the herald of the king. Uh, no king, and you know, every kingdom has to have a king, and every king has to have a herald. And this herald, he went out proclaiming the, the good news that, that, that the Messiah was coming. The Messiah was coming. You know, and, and, and I think it's Matthew chapter number 11. Uh, I talked about last week, talking about that Jesus, his opinion of John the Baptist, that there was no greater man. There had been no greater man at that time other than John the Baptist. And, and, and there was a lot of qualities in John the Baptist. He, he, he was a devout man that was spirit-led. You know, and, and when we look at ourselves, well, John the Baptist is a good example because he's a man. We can't be like Jesus. I mean, we can try, but John the Baptist is one you can look at and see the characteristics of this man. He was a humble man. You know, when you hear his messages preached, he had a, a stern message. But he did not waver from that. But he loved people. He preached the Word. He saw people and, and he loved them and he preached to them. He was, like I said, a Holy Ghost filled man uh, before he knew the Holy Ghost. I mean, and that's what we don't realize is the Old Testament, they weren't filled with the Spirit. They were filled by the Spirit. There's a difference there. We're filled with the Spirit. If you've been born again, says the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to dwell with inside of you. That power that brought Jesus back from the grave is indwelt in you. But you determine how much power you have. I mean, it's just like when you get in a car, it don't matter if you've got one that's got 700 horsepower, if you don't get out of first gear, you're going to blow the motor up. That happens to a lot of Christians. They, 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 boy, they, they rev their engines up as soon as they've been born again. They in first gear, they rev that motor up and they, they run it tacked out at 10,000 RPM. And kaboom, they blow up and off to the wayside they go. That happens in churches a lot of times. People jump in and they get gung-ho and they just, and then after a few weeks things don't go right, they start getting disheartened. You know, y'all, we're in it for the long haul. We are headed for heaven. John came preaching a message and I want us to understand that message today. Uh, and, and, and we're going to pick up here, but who was John the Baptist? The next question was, was what was his message? Verse number three, uh, and I didn't put it on the screen. This is something I, I went over last night. The message that John the Baptist preached, it says, and, and say, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It says, for this is, is he, for this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying into the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make the path straight. Make the path straight. John came telling people that you got to get your heart right. It's about, the message was get your heart right with God, 
and everything else will line up. And when we come into today's message, who was John preaching to? John was preaching to the multitude. If you look in Luke chapter number 3, y'all bear with me. This may be a three-week message, okay? I promise you I won't keep you here that long, but this may take three or four weeks to preach. you got to understand the, the, the back story, what's going on here. But in Matthew, I mean in uh, Luke chapter number 3, verse number 2, it says, Ananias and, and, and Caphias, being the high priest, in, uh, being the high priest, understand this, you had two, Ananias and I can't remember what that, I can't pronounce that guy's last uh, name. There was two chief priests or high priests that was there during this time when John was preaching. But it says, But the word of the Lord came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Here you have the, 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 the godly leaders. Now I want you to understand. You need to understand and, and, and catch on right here. The, 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 God, the, 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 the priestly sect, the religious leaders of that day's time was in the city, in the temple, but God came to a man out in the wilderness and He gave him a message, prepare the way, prepare the way. I want you to look at this right here. and Because we're going to go through Luke in a couple of months or a year and this will just kind of get you, I'm trying to give you some knowledge. You'll need to know the same thing in, in a year that you know right now because you're just going to forget what I'm telling you today. And it says, And it came into the country about the Jordan preaching the baptism repent." For the remission of sin, for it is written in the book of the word of Christ and the prophet saying, the, the, one, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain shall be brought low. And it says, every crook shall be made straight. And it says, every rough way shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. John was preaching a message to a group of people there in Israel. He was preaching to the religious leaders of Israel. He was preaching to the lost sheep. The, the, the ones that had wandered away, you know, from, from, from Malachi to Matthew, there's about a 400-year span where God was silent. And the intertestamental time frame between Malachi and, 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 and Matthew, there was a, a, a sect of, of Sadducees and Pharisees. We need to understand this. There was two types of religious leaders, and, and it, it looks just like the modern-day uh, 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 Roman Catholic Church. And, and, and the, the, the very liberal church, the, the, you know, you had one group who the Sadducees, we're going to get there in just a minute. Um, there's so much here, so much here. Verse number seven, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to him to be baptized, they come to John to be baptized. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, I want you to understand this. The Pharisees were very, they were separatists. They were very legalistic. They, 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 they went to the market, they bought their food, they come home and bathe in case they touched a common person or an unclean person. And, and they done all these little rituals. They done everything they could to, to deny themselves on this side of eternity. They, they thought if they done their job by living lives of, of, of misery, and keeping all these rules and doing all these ordinances, the tradition of men. Jesus got on them bad because of the tradition of men. And, you know, there's some traditions that, that are nice. There's some traditions that we should adhere to and keep, like the Lord's Supper. I'm terrible about remembering to do that. And baptism. That's the only two things left, because that's the only thing Jesus said that He put an emphasis on was for us to do, was to, to, to take communion, to do the Lord's Supper, and, and to baptize people. 
And that's what these people were coming to John to be baptized. These were Old Testament saints. These were Old Testament people that come to have a relationship. Uh, they wanted to know more about God. They saw the, the corruption that was in the upper, up, I'm going to say management, the upper leaders, the upper echelon. They were getting rich, and they, 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 but the, the Pharisees was those kind of people that went around and told everybody how good they were and told everybody how bad, everybody, they told them how good themselves was. They, they, they painted a picture of how religious they were, how they kept all the ordinance. They, you know, they, and Jesus, he, he, he tore them up and says, you know, you, you, you tithe, you, you, you give one, you got ten seed and you put one in the offering plate. You do so good at the little things. You'll strain a cup to keep the gnat out, but you'll swallow a camel. I mean, you know, it's these things that, that, that you are doing that's pulling you away. And y'all, modern day Christianity, I grew up in it, religion, Christian people, we were the world's worst of being separatists. We set up this list of rules that if you, if you, if you wear makeup, if you, if, if you drink a beer, if you wear blue jeans, come on, somebody. I mean, have we not had this all our life long? That, that, that you, you've got these rules you've got to adhere to. You know, you, you'd, you'd have the preacher or the deacons come by and sit and talk to your mom and daddy and they'd have to correct an issue. You ain't left. And the preacher's son was out on a tangent, drunk, doped up, running around with every girl he could find. And that was okay. That's preacher's kid. I ain't talking about my boys. They've been dangerous. They've been dangerous, okay? But I want you to understand this. The Pharisees, are just like the religious leaders of the day that want to separate everybody from this. Now, I ain't saying we would go out and live like hell. You can drink, smoke, and, 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 and run around cheating and, and, and hop around from, 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 from person to person to person and get all, yo, you know, it's all. The Sadducees were those kind of people. They were the liberals that, 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 that did not want to adhere to the law. They, 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 they would run in whatever, don't you understand, whatever group was of political power was in it didn't matter, you know, the, the Medo-Persians, and then you get into the time that, that, that right now we're in the rule of Greece. The, the, the Greek army has control of, of, of Israel during this 400-year testimony, or period of, of God being absent. And you have these two sects that gain so much power. You got one that jumps into bed with whatever political power come by. Whatever I do to prosper, whatever do I, I can do to get rich, I'm going to do. I want everything. They didn't believe in, in any supernatural being. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in anything that the supernatural power would, would, would do. So when you got these two groups together, one believed in the resurrection, the other didn't. And Paul, whenever he was in a, a, a tight spot, he said, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees and done all this stuff. And all of a sudden he created a riot and all heck broke loose and Paul slipped out the back door to get away from that danger. But here we are, John the Baptist. I want you to understand. In, in, in Luke, it tells us that, that and I'm trying to remember, I think, verse number 9. And now, and, and the people ask, oh, let me get it in the back. Says, the field of the mountains, the mountains, the mountains, the multitude. Verse number 7, John, Luke goes into detail to tell us that John is preaching a message that everybody can hear. Verse number 7, Luke chapter number 3, it says, the multitude came. And he said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized, O generation of vipers, 
Who has warned you to flee the wrath to come? I know in Matthew, okay? We're going to get back there. We've got to jump back and forth between the two. But in verse number 7, as you see on the screen, but when he saw many of the Pharisees come to him to be baptized, he said unto them, generation of vipers. He didn't call them vipers, did he? He said they're a generation. They're the offspring of a viper. A viper was this little bitty scrawny looking snake that looked like a stick. You read in Acts where Paul reached down on uh, the, the Isle of, I can't remember what island he was on, somewhere in one of the shipwrecks. Uh, he reached down to grab a piece of firewood and the snake latched onto Paul's hand. And when he picked it up, they seen that it was the viper and, 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 and the poison did not affect Paul. The Holy Spirit indwelt him and gave him supernatural power that whenever that snake got, he just slung it off. And the people said, he's getting the justice he deserved. He's a criminal. And when he did not die, they worshipped him as a god. He said, don't worship me. I want you to understand, when, when John the Baptist and Jesus calls them vipers, when John the Baptist called this religious leader group out, he insulted them beyond, uh, he couldn't have called them anything worse. It says, who has warned you to flee the wrath to come? I want you to understand that he hit the heart of the problem. And today, y'all, I deal with this. Two weeks ago, I was in a store. I was talking to a guy. And he could bow his chest out. And he, 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 was, he, he ain't been in church in a while now. I want you to understand. The, the kids read that today. Fail not the assembling of yourselves, that some of you provoke one another to love and good works. It says, don't fail to assemble yourselves. That was the, the key little bit of memory verse. This dude's been let out of church for four months, ever since the church split and he went to the new one. He said, we come by the other day and y'all sparkling like it was full. I said, Lord's blessed us. He's moving out there. He said, well... Use King James Bible? I said, I do. I said, but I'll use any other rest of them. I want to, too. He said, what kind of music y'all sing? I said, a little bit all of it. Look, contemporary. We'll do some out of the Red Book. You know, I said, you know, he said, is it like that rock and roll they played down there at the First Baptist? I said, well, it's an, I said, I don't want to me. It's like country music. It's a mixture of it. Uh, it's just got a. He, he said, well, I don't listen to none of it. He said, you either far God or you're against and he had the heart, of, and, and I ain't doubting the guy's been born again. He was raised in church. He's, he, I mean, I, the Lord is faith. But you know what's happened to him? He's turned into a Pharisee. We got Pharisees, and hey, praise the Lord, I'm a Pharisee a lot of time. I'm snarled up. I'll tell you right quick. We got folks sitting in the church today that have a tendency to be Pharisees. Why? Because we're extremely legalists. We can tell everybody what they can. We can judge everybody really quick and tell them what they can do and what they can't do. But praise God, we won't look in the mirror and correct our own ways. And then we got a group of, 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 of Sadducees. Quite well, if I can go have fun, it's okay. Fine ain't that bad. You think about how many times that you don't stand on the Word of God to please yourself. That's ugly. God, I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go home, y'all. I'm sorry. But I want you to stop thinking about it. John the Baptist come and preach the message. This hit me right in the face. How many times have I had the opportunity laid before me to, to witness to somebody to share the grace of God and then be born again? And here I come in as this big old hypocritical Pharisee, or I come in with this real liberal, it don't matter what I mean. I can't take the word of God and just stand on it. 
We are so guilty of not standing on the Word of God. And I want you to understand, He warns them why? Because of the wrath that's coming. I think me and Robert had this conversation the other day and we was talking about people love to use the Oh, it rains on the just and the unjust. That's why all these blessings running off of me. Boy, it's trickling on everybody around me. And he said, that's two-sided coin, ain't it? Amen. I said, you're right. All the crap you do, all the judgment that's being rained down on you because the life you're living, Guess what it's doing? It's raining on the just and the just. When all hell starts falling down, when that fire and brimstone starts coming down, who's it hitting around you? That's the thing I want us to think about. It's very important. Y'all, the point I'm trying to get across today is the message here was to me. And if you can't sit here today and say that message is for me, you're lying to yourself. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. He said, the righteous have no need of a physician. So when you're self-righteous, you say, I don't need God. I can do it myself. I can give advice. Oh, keep your advice to yourself. Let me tell you, I've heard it and it stinks. Use the Word of God. Use the Word of God to tell people how they should live. But be careful. Be careful that we're standing on the Word of God, that we're living the Word of God. I want you to understand right here, right quick, I'm fixing to, I told you it's going to take three weeks. Bring, hold on, let me go back. It says, who warns you to flee the wrath to come? He preached a message and boy, he shot an arrow and it pierced him right between the eyes. Why? Because they, they, yeah, he couldn't affect their heart. Why? Because they had stone cold hearts. He had to get to the mind. He had to get into their mind. He said, bring forth fruit, meat. It brings, bring forth fruit worthy for repentance. So many people get caught doing something wrong and they feel guilty. And, and, and they have remorse and regret for getting caught. They don't have remorse and, and regret for doing that, for coming against the God. I mean, you can go back and look at, at, at Judas. Judas had remorse. He went out and hung himself. You look at Achan in the Old Testament where he stole, I think that was his name, Achan, where he stole the gold or silver and buried it in the, the tent. And when the judgment of the Lord came upon him, he repented. And God consumed him, his wife, his children, his donkey, his belongings. The earth opened up and consumed all of them. Why? Because they were only sorry for getting caught. So many people are sorry for doing wrong, but they're not sorry. They're sinned against God Almighty, a pure, holy God. We don't have that kind of repentance in our heart. We're repenting because we feel sorry about what we did. We don't feel sorry for what we, who we've done it to. God is perfect. He cannot have sin in His presence. He sent His Son to die for sin. And He calls us to repent and believe. John only preached repentance. Repent, 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 repent. Jesus come, said, repent and believe. Old Testament prophets, Acts chapter 19. Look at verse uh, 2, 3, 4. 
Verse 1 through 7, I want you to understand this. Here's an example. Acts chapter 19, verse 1, And it came to pass, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast, and came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples. These are godly men Paul's found. These are disciples. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost? That's the problem in church today. You've got a lot of people that come for repentance but never receive the Holy Ghost. I want you to understand. They come for repentance. Why? Because they feel guilty of the sins that they've come. And in the life they live, they feel sorry about that. They repent of that. But Jesus has to be Lord before He can be Savior. And that's what people are missing today. They want a Savior without a Lord. And right here Paul says, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard. Of the Holy, who in the, the Holy Ghost? What are you talking about, Holy Ghost? Verse 3, And he said unto them, Unto what were you baptized? Listen to me. Unto what were you baptized? I said, what, what message did you hear and what did you believe? And they said unto him, unto John's baptism. Unto John's baptism? What John baptized with? Anybody? Water. What does water do for you? Well, if you put some salt with it, you can get clean, right? Right. Well, you just dirty, wet. So a person that goes underneath the water comes up the same way they went down. They feel guilty. And a lot of people... Insert these things. But Paul's trying to get them to understand. Then Paul said, Verily, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that you should believe on him which is to come. So you got to repent and believe. See, that's where most of us fail. That's where the majority of the church is today. Because there's a lot of repenting going on. Boy, these altars be full. They repenting, 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 repenting. But do you believe that the power that brought Jesus out of the grave on the third day gives you the power to be victorious over the sin, over your attitude, over your mouth, over your actions, over your deeds, over your children, over your husband, over your wife. Do we believe? Paul says that John baptized to get your heart right. To make the way path. To get that heart. That's what the singing and the preaching does today. It gets the heart right to receive what the Holy Spirit will do if we'll only let it. But there's so many people in here today that is stuck in tradition. Why? Well, we done it that way at the last church. Well, Mama said this. Papa said this. Well, I, I read my Bible. 
But right here he says, bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. What's he talking about? Works. Oh, you believe you got to do works to get saved? No, I know. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse number 10. For we are who? I didn't put it up on the board. You should bring your Bibles. That's why I tell you, bring your Bibles and open them up and read them. Underline these words. Take a few notes. You may quit living like you do. For we are His workmanship. We are His vessels. You understand that? That's what they're saying. We are His vessels. We are His robots. We are His drones. We are His whatever you want to call it. We should lose our will. Can I get an amen to that? What does the Bible say? Die self? Die self. You shouldn't have an opinion anymore. You understand that? No. Amen, people. Ain't no, we can't swallow that right now, can you? That your opinion don't matter anymore. I'm sorry to be bare of good news. Why? If you let your opinion go, everybody around you will be happier. I promise you everybody around you will be happier. But right here it says that we are created, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. And you weren't born this way, okay? You weren't born that way. When you were born again, you became God's handiwork, God's vessel through Jesus Christ. You came through Jesus Christ unto good works which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Don't you understand this? When you're born again, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to die to yourself, you have the ability to overcome sin, you have the ability to, to lose your opinion and to live by the Word of God and let it dwell in you richly and for you to be a witness that when folks look at you, they see fruit worthy of repentance, they see a life that's been changed by the thankfulness that God saved me from the devil's hell and He set me on the right path. I'm able to live a life that brings glory and honor to Him and I will not back down from the truth and I will continue to preach the Word and push on and draw as many people into God's presence that they may be filled by the Holy Spirit that they can repent, believe, and be saved. John came and preached a message like they'd never heard before. He says, quit worrying about the outside. Y'all, the little frivolous things going on in this world is the outside. You understand me? The things of this world are, the, are, are, are on the outside. Just like the scribes and the Pharisees worried about the outside appearance. And Paul, not Paul, John came and preached a word that says you've got to get your heart right. You've got to get your heart right. And then Paul came along. Now, I want you to understand, John done his job. He was preparing the way. And Paul done his job. He was preaching to the wreck. You've got to change your heart. You've got to believe. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached the message, what did the Bible say? It says, repent. The men said, sirs and brothers, what should we do? Repent and be you baptized. Baptism is only an external Listen to me, baptism of water is only an external gesture of an internal happening. When the Holy Spirit, hey, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're born with fire, 
We're going to get into that next week or the next week. I want you to understand this. And water and fire don't mix. One's going to put the other in that. The Holy Ghost, you receive it the moment you repent and believe. The Holy Spirit comes into you, fills you, and seals you to the day of redemption. And I want you to understand this. That water baptism that they're talking about, hey, everybody was baptized. Oh, we got to get them down to water. we got to baptize them. we got to baptize them. got to baptize them. you got a whole denomination. And I'm real big on denomination. I sure am. If they ain't preaching the true word of God, then they false domination, they're of the devil. I want you to understand this right here. You've got to believe what the Bible says. You've got to do what the Bible says. And John preached a message. Get your heart right. And Paul come along in Acts and he says, look, I want you to understand this. Paul said, barely John baptized of repentance, saying unto you people that you should believe on him which should come after that is on Christ Jesus. It says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and Paul laid his hands upon them. The Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake in tongues and prophesied. There was a need. There was a, 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 a faction of water baptism and laying on it of the hand. Why? Because these folks back in that day needed to see the signs. Jesus says those that have not seen and believed are greater in the kingdom than those that have to seek after signs. He, 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 he nailed it to the scribes and the Yo, you generation, you seek after signs. You seek after signs. Y'all, we're not after signs. We're not after emotions. We're out of straight strength to stand, to live, to be that which God has called us to be. But I we're going to get into deeper next week of the fruit of repentance. When you read that in, in Luke chapter number 3, it goes into detail. It says, if you have the two coats, give one. If you have meat, if you have food, abundant, give the one in need. The tax collector said, Lord, what should we do? And he says, collect only that what you're obligated to. Don't overcharge people. The soldier said, Lord, what should we what should we do? He says, Look, don't imprison people falsely, don't accuse them falsely, and don't complain about your wages. Do your job and be happy, keep your mouth shut, keep your head down, and be good to people. And all the people that the, y'all they've had the, the, the fruit of repentance are, are works basis. It's always been works for the Israelite people. And Paul says the works that you do, the inward works of you should be flowing out. Y'all, when you're cold, when you're indifferent, when you're just stubborn, when, when, you're, when you're just, your, your tongue, you, just because you don't see it, just because you don't believe it, don't make it wrong. Just because it ain't your idea, the rest of them ain't bad ideas. The thing we got to look at is how can I affect the people around me that I can know that the Holy Spirit can come alive in them, that they can be born again, that I can strengthen them. We are to be the ones that are on fire for God, that we are willing to sacrifice. Now, I'm not talking about keeping law and doing all. I'm saying I ought to be able to sacrifice my wants, my needs, my wishes, that the people around me can benefit from me. Why? Because I was created through Christ Jesus 
for God's handiwork to be a vessel that good works could come through me. And it's time for us to look at ourselves. Y'all, we are so quick to give that old, that old, that old cynical, snarled, nose up, oh, that person, oh, well, if I, no. Look at yourself. See how the Holy Spirit indwells you. See how the power of God affects you. And if it don't have no effect on your life, I'm worried about you. Right? You may be lost, or you just may be backslidden. But so many people today are religious. They're, they're, they're very, very religious, and they got all these ordinances, and you got to do all these things. And the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord, He'll save you. But also, that the Holy Spirit indwelling you should change how you talk, how you walk, and where you go. Well, I'm saved. I don't have to worry about that. There's a fire judgment coming. Whoa. Verse 10. What's the verse end in? Fire. Verse 11. What does it end in? Fire. What's verse 12 end in? Unquenchable fire. Now, these are the things we're going to study next week, but believe you me, there is a judgment coming. And every person, every person will bow their knee and confess with their tongue Jesus is the Lord and He will judge your works on earth. That's what everybody in here has got to know. They come sing a song of invitation. I want to know, are your deeds, is how you're living, Don't do people see them as good deeds? Do you live a good life? When people look at you, do you live the kind of life that brings honor and glory to the Lord? Or do you live a life, folks said, yep, he's just one of them old loud mouths. She's one of them old, just old, overbearing. She just, you, know. you stop and think about it. what's people's opinion of you. And yes, it does matter. Why? Because what opinion they have of you is the opinion they have of God. When they look at you and they see you sitting over the parking lot, out, hey, if you don't act like hide your car around back. Don't park that there where everybody sees, okay? I don't want to know you come here. Why? Because we should be living a life that brings honor to God. And you know what? We're all guilty. We're all guilty of the lack of the fruit of repentance. We're, we're, we're guilty of that. As they sang this morning, hey, I need you to come. I need you to, or you can do it right where you're at. Make a pledge this morning. God, I'm going to judge my life. Right here, right now. God, I want you to bring to memory. I want you to flash before my eyes every time that I've raised my voice, that I've hollered, that I've acted like hey, kids, and you act like brats, pouted, pitched fit, told your mom didn't know, told her to shut up. I want you to understand this right here. Yes, you're responsible for your actions. No matter how, I don't care how young you are in here, you're responsible. Every person in this building here this morning that's sitting out here is at the age of accountability. There ain't a person sitting in here and say, oh, I'm too good. No, you're right. You know right from wrong. And as they do this, as they sing this song, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you right here, right now. How many of you need to come down to an altar and repent? Lord, forgive me for the way I live. Oh, I am so full of self. Lord, I need you. I need you to cleanse me. Lord, I need, I need you to purify me. I need you to wash me this morning. 
and that wonderful water of the Word, I come cleanse me this morning. Oh, Jesus, I go to feel in my life. 